Bruce Cassidy, the new head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, joins us in studio for a special edition of SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast presented by the D Hotel. Let go by Boston June 6th after 14 years in the Bruins organization. Eight days later, named the third head coach in Golden Knights history. The 57-year-old started his NHL coaching career when he was 37, 20 years ago, when he was hired by the Washington Capitals and GM George McPhee. Along the way, stops in the ECHL, IHL, AHL, OHL, and a coaching career that goes back to 1996. It's Bruce Cassidy, the new Knights head coach, on a special SLGND. The Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here is Dave. Yeah, special edition of the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast here in the, the middle of June. And the Golden Knights have themselves a new head coach, Bruce Cassidy. Becomes the third head coach in Golden Knights history. The official unveiling is on Thursday. But uh, we get to chat with him a day ahead of that. Bruce, first off, welcome to Vegas. Um, it took you eight days to get a new job uh, from Boston to Vegas. Were you surprised at how quickly everything developed in that week and a day? Yeah, I mean, it was a very interesting week. Um, you know, a bit of a a tough one on Monday night. Sort of a you're licking your wounds, um, consoling your children the next day. And then the phone starts ringing and now you're excited about your next opportunity and you know you're talking to some great hockey minds and and um and all of a sudden you know you know connected with kelly and uh, and george and and mr foley and off we went so um a great opportunity for me uh nice to get right back at it that was my goal as soon as it happened i didn't want to wait around if i you know had, had you know was afforded an opportunity to get back to work. Uh, that's what I wanted to do, and it worked out. So here we are, uh, looking forward to getting settled in and get going. I was going to say, I no need to reveal. You said you want to get back at, took some calls. Was there, you know, maybe there was others, but what really appealed to you about the Golden Knights? Well, I think they're, they want to win. I want my name in the Stanley Cup. Um, so that was a big motivating factor for me. I did talk to a few other teams and some are in different spots and, and everyone, listen, it's a national hockey league. Everyone's a great opportunity, but this one stood out um, just in terms of, you know, we, we were talking, Shane, and, and it, what, you know, I'm in the East, right, with Boston. So you don't, you don't get to see them play as yeah. much and you don't, you know, you hear, but you don't see everything. And, and But I always thought they were, you know, kind of, more bold than most and and that was their kind of mo to get there in a hurry and they have and uh just looking for that last step and i i, I thought it was very attractive to me um some teams are a little more methodical in their approach and i like that um so we had great back and forth from day one and and uh, glad to get it done you mentioned bruce and i think sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle when things like this happen the family aspect of it you know you said you had to kind of talk to the kids what do you tell them? You've been with the Bruins organization for 14 yeah. plus years and five plus uh, coaching the coaching in Boston. Yeah, you know, listen, they're they're sort of ingrained as New Englanders. They're born in, uh, in in Providence and spent half their life there. The other half in Boston, uh, so it's tough. But kids are resilient. It's an opportunity here. You know, my wife's from New Jersey. I'm a Canadian, so we've never been west really, other than to visit. So this will be great for all of us. Uh, I mean, I left home at 16 to play hockey. She left early to go to school out of state. So I think it's kind of built into us and we got to, you know, hope our kids can handle it as well. And they will. They'll meet lots of great kids here and make lots of friends and good schools and all that stuff. Um, 
but you know it's tough at that age. They gotta they gotta separate. But I think they've already done it from Providence to Boston, and now now they'll do it again, and they'll be fine. That's true. Kids kids can adapt. I've juggled mine all over. That's you've only done one, so yeah. that's easy. Yeah, I, I'm actually very fortunate. We moved an hour, right, the yeah. first time. So, uh, <laughs> even higher movers, or just pack the van. <laughs> a little bit of both. Providence to Boston. Yeah. Uh, they look, have they started looking up uh, Vegas? And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Name? My son is uh, he, he's a rock star right now because yeah. he's going to Vegas, and you know Vegas has a following all over. I mean, yeah. they've done a terrific job marketing the team. They've won. Um, you know, they've been relevant in the playoffs and. Um, so I think for an expansion team that, you know, they yeah. kind of, you know, really took off. And I think people that know hockey and around hockey and Boston is one of those markets. Uh, so the, the, his buddies are happy for him. Uh, Shannon's 13. It's a little more difficult yeah. for her. Sure. Uh, but she plays hockey. Her friends play hockey. So, yeah, they're um, they're ready to go. Can you touch on, Bruce, your, your relationship with George McPhee? You know, he gave you your first head coaching gig. It must seem like a lifetime ago, I guess, to you. Um, what that relationship was like then, what you took out of that experience, and when you reconnected here recently, was it like no time had passed, or did it feel like it had been a long time? No, it's been a while in terms of I was very young then, yeah. uh, unproven, didn't have much of an NHL resume as a player or as a coach. So, um, you know, there was some good that came from it, but not enough, uh, and that's what happens. Uh, George was great to me. Um I never forgot that he, he gave me the opportunity to, to coach in the National Hockey League and uh, was always good to me. We've crossed paths in the past. He's always been very uh, willing to come over and I, I, I value and respect his opinion. Um, and we've gotten closer, obviously, since he's been uh, in Vegas because we'll, we'll see each other quite a bit. He's in Boston, um, you know, and I'll see him there. So. Uh, that was a big attraction for me. Um, once we spoke, uh, there's a trust factor for both of us. Kelly, I did not know, got to know. I think we're going to have a, a real good relationship. We love to talk hockey already. Um, again, talk to Mr. Foley. He's fully, you know, as you know, um, I don't have to tell you. I'm just learning, but I, I can tell right away that very energetic uh, towards his team. And uh, so you can almost feel that 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 vibe. And um, again, it's been good. And, and, and with George, like I said, uh, very, very happy to work with him again. Uh, I told him I'm going to get it right this time. So, so that's my challenge. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to follow up on that, Bruce. So that was, I want to say, 0304, um, early in that 0304 season in Washington, they made a change. And then it took, you know, it took a while. Like, you know, you had success in the minor league level, then in Providence, did you ever stop to think, I, I might not get another crack at this as a head coach in the NHL? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, everybody wants one when it doesn't work out the first time. Because I think, you know, if you're really invested in, in this craft, you're you're going to take some stuff and say, okay, here's where I need to be better. I, you know, I thought I did this well. And you build on it. And, and it's different walking into an American Hockey League locker room than an NHL. That was the biggest thing for me. You're walking in, there's Yermer Jager, there's Goncher, Bonder. So you got some high-end talent. You're a young guy. There's a little bit of that, you know, I don't want to call it intimidation or awe, but there's a mix of, of those feelings. So the next time I wanted to make sure I was, uh, you know, more comfortable in my own skin and I was. And unfortunately it was Boston. I got to work with a lot of the guys that went up to Boston. Um, so when I got there, I had relationships with, with a lot of the veteran guys. So it was a lot easier that way. And then I was a little more in tune with what the messaging and, and how I wanted to message, et cetera. Um, you know, you're a little farther along in every aspect of your life, both professionally and personally. So all those things should factor in. And, and the only thing I said to myself is when you get an, another chance, if and when, be ready. You know, be ready. 
took over a team on an interim basis, got us in the playoffs. So I thought I did did that part. And it was up to Boston to sort of decide if they're going to believe you can get the job done. And I, I've always been thankful to the Jacobs family and Cam and Donnie for, for putting their trust in me. I was going to ask you, you know, anybody that's been in the sport a long time like you have or any sport at a high level, whether it's coaching, playing, you're constantly evolving, you're constantly learning. Where would you describe yourself as a coach and the type of hockey you want Bruce Cassidy's teams to play? Well, I, th- I think we've been a, a very accountable team, uh, A, to each other. Um, you know, commitment to playing the right way, that's thrown out there a lot. What's the right way? I think it's it's good discipline. It's it's team toughness, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, playing for the crest in the front, not the name in the back. Kind of that relentless attitude of, you know, getting after it. Um, and uh, as the game's gone along, it's progressed. I mean, you need to play with pace, right? It's just the way it is. And some of that is personnel driven, some of the style of play. You got you to kind of merge the two. So I think what we've done and what I'd like to do here is really value keeping the puck out of the net because I think that wins games. But be in attack mode uh, when you don't have the puck structured uh, and detailed enough to get it back. And then when you get it, let's let the creativity happen um and and that'll be the challenge for me to see which players because every player you know wants to have some rope right um and and it's up to the staff to figure out which guys can get a little more than others and that's that's just the reality of it and we'll sort through that um you know and and hopefully um you know most of the guys are as advertised that way because i know this team when they're healthy everyone's heard about the injuries last year uh that's last year we're, we're kind of focusing on the on, on what's going to happen going forward but um you know there's a lot of dynamic um hockey players in the room i was gonna say rope i was lucky to get a piece of string when i played <laughs> uh, um, good evaluation maybe <laughs> that's a good evaluation i don't know i don't know i'll leave it up to you uh, i was just gonna say you, you want you talk about the way the game's played and you said you're constantly how much have you paid attention to to playoffs this year and seeing these two teams that maybe a lot of people predicted or hoped would be in the final in colorado and tampa yeah you know it's it's always surprising when the two kind of favorites make it i yeah. think there's there's always an upset along the way or two. Um, Tampa really had to work uh, 2-1 game seven against Toronto. Sometimes yeah. that's the toughest round. Um, Colorado has a little easier uh, path. Um, it may be their year. Uh, they've been there a few times. Uh, sometimes you you win because you've learned uh, along the way by losing. Um, but there's no doubt that they're, they're dynamic hockey teams. But Tampa, you know, listen, we've seen them a lot. I've lost to them in the playoffs, or the Bruins have lost to them. They know how to defend when they need to. They can win a two-to-one game in the playoffs, even though they got all kinds of talent. So there's always that, you know, there can be some great offensive hockey games, and they're low scoring because of the goaltending, right? So that's where the team has to be comfortable. Uh, And and we went back to value defending uh, in close hockey games, because it's going to happen. It's going to happen this time of year. Um, and I think you got to get comfortable in it. And as the, during the year, be comfortable in it. I don't think anybody wants to go out and try to win one nothing every night. No, no, no player, no fans, no coaches, anybody. But there's just going to be some nights the puck's not bouncing your way, and you, you got to stay patient in terms of uh, your your mental sort of um, processing. And, and hey, it's not going in tonight. We're getting chances. We're making saves, and value that part of, away from the puck. And I think those are what makes the real good teams. They're they're good on both sides of it. Now, talent will dictate usually the offensive side a little more than than. Um, than the defensive side. I think the defensive side becomes a, a mindset, uh, a buy-in, um, uh, 
and and I think that's you know where coaches can can uh, can uh, you know make a difference in the team. You mentioned uh, how much the maybe the coaching everything's changed over the years, right? Players change, coaches change. What are some attributes you think in 2022, Bruce, make for a good head coach in the NHL? What does it take? Well, communication is key I, I, at any age, you know, any era. Um, it's different now. Um, you know, there's certain it, like everything in society over time. You just you know understand what's what, what's what's acceptable, what isn't, and um, you know there's a bit of evolution in, in that part of it. Players are wired differently uh, versus uh, audio and visual. I think they're a lot more visual. You need to you know show them their iPads on the bench. They're grabbing them. All, you know you can tell just that they need more of that. Um, so does that affect their listening skills? So how do you miss it, message now that you know maybe they're not as good as as their visual skills? So you got to find that out in your players. I think a modern co- uh, day coach still has to um, know the game, but know his people better. Uh, you have more assistant coaches that can deal with the X's and O's. Um, so so that's uh, grown a lot with the number of people around you, you the use of analytics. Um, so you're a little more open-minded with data than maybe before. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to find a way to, to make your players accountable, like I said, to the crest and not, you know, get away from that. And, and I don't think that's changed in, in 50 years. You still got to get your team to play as, as one. That's interesting. I, I never heard it phrased that way. They're more visual than odd. like the audio. No, not much yelling. You said the best way to teach. Does that mean more video too is a, is a big, you know, component of coaching? It is. Uh, it, in, in in what size dose, right, is usually yeah. the challenge for each player because you don't want to overload them. So I think uh, you got to attack that uh, mix of individual. Um, we like to do lines. So assistant go grab a line, get in, you know, three is talking. With the, it's much more, you get more uh, feedback back and forth that way. And then you got to have team sessions, just to, to your overall game, your, your what you truly believe in in terms of, how to play away from the puck or with the puck. I talked about personnel and offense before. You can still teach offense and create it with certain concepts, but, um, you know, the execution of it, you know, a lot of it that falls on the player. So um, that's how I use it. I, I Listen, the, the audio, you still got to get their attention, right? There, there's And sometimes you have to raise your voice. It's it's when and where and how and, and then talking through it after usually. I think before... You know, you just kind of years ago barked out the order and you didn't revisit it. I think now there's a lot more revisiting uh, circumstances that came up in the game. Uh, keep players in a good place. I, I remember asking your predecessor in uh, in Boston, Bruce Claude Julian, this because I, I it dawned on me how how often you have you talk to your team, right? Morning skates, practice days, before games, between periods. Maybe you don't say much after a game, but he said to me, "I try to keep it short and sweet to not." overdo it do you subscribe to that theory of less is more at times when you're making your point situational to me um in the video session if you're running it you you have to be clear and concise you have to teach it right i mean uh certain areas of the game uh everybody plays a little different maybe the neutral zone or your d zone coverage four checks generally the same but away from the puck uh and i think you know, teams that are really connected well tend to get pucks back. So now they can play with the puck is what I think every every team wants. So that might be a little longer. Um, but on the bench, uh, between periods, yes, 100%. To me, it's this is the message. Drive it home. Keep it simple. Post game, I don't know that that's the best time to go in and get anything. Everyone's in a different headspace. Um, 
So rarely is that productive. Uh, that's up to the individual to win. I typically am not that guy. Much more so after wins, um, especially if guys that don't get the headlines or whatever, the star that, you know what I mean, that yeah, have contributed, yeah. you try to make them feel like, you know, the shot blockers, the penalty killers, uh, the guys that shut down McDavid. Uh, those are the guys I think need that a little more after the game, maybe a guy that typically scores. Well, let's talk about the Golden Knights being a veteran group. Now, you had a couple of guys I'm familiar with. Uh, I'm sure it helps a coach anytime you have a Patrice Bergeron, you had a Zidane Char, you have, you know, Brad Marchand, your top player, as the leaders of the group. How important is he going to be to develop here, maybe through the summer, get to know the leadership group here for Vegas? Yeah, I've talked to a few of the, the, the guys. I, I will make, uh, you know, a concerted effort to make sure I hit everyone. Yeah. I, I think it's important um, that. You get feedback from the, they've been here longer than I have. You know, I have my ideas how we want to play. Yeah. Uh, I've discussed those with, you know, with management. Um, and now it's okay. Uh, let's let's get into the heads of the players here. What what are they seeing? Um, doesn't mean you're always going to agree, Shane. But I don't. It's not uh, you know my way or the highway mentality. You talked about how coaches have changed. I think there's a lot more interaction there. Okay, uh, you know what makes them comfortable. I mean, you're always trying to make put the player in the best spot to succeed, right? And that that that's when usually they're at their best. So, you know, how do we do that with our group? Uh, how do we want to play? What do we have to maybe change that I thought might work here? So I think some of that will be a work in progress early on. Um, with a veteran group, it shouldn't take too long. I will say that. You know, we should be able to identify fairly quickly because veterans are a little more consistent in their approach, right? Young guys, it just takes a while. And uh, that's just a fact. Um, so so th that's the part of a veteran group that thinks a little easier uh, to get your point across in, in that regard. Um, I still think it. most good teams have a mix of both. You need yeah. that youthful enthusiasm when you're playing. I know Marshy was young then. He's an old man now <laughs> in Boston. But, you know, guys like that, I think, yeah. still bring some Absolutely. some juice to the locker room. And, you know, they're a little more work, uh, but that's okay. Uh, that's our job is to work with the players. So, um, you know, I, I again, I, I think it's it's communicating with both. It's, it's just probably different how you're talking to the older guys and the younger guys. You had a real good run in, in Boston, Bruce. Uh, the most wins you had, I think you had 51 this year, was a career best for you. You go to the final in 2019. I'm curious when you, you've been at it a long time, what stays with you longer, the big wins or the tougher losses? The 2019 Game 7 loss, I'll never forget. Ghost, thanks for bringing it up. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, um, they lost a cup here the year before. You know, so uh, Well, they know the feeling, yeah, right? They know the feeling. Yeah, and those yeah. are the tough ones. You're, yeah. Listen, <laughs> it's a grind to get there. Yeah. Uh, it was a grind for me just to get back, to, to be in a position to even get there now you're there uh, that you know those are tough uh, and I don't know if you ever get over them I, I can only express my opinion um, how'd but, you deal with it um, well it, you know you can't carry it home you, you, you've got to be you got to you know march on press on you know continue to try to get the team over the hump can't bring it home you're, you're a father you're a husband you know that's no good either so I think you put it in the back of your head a little bit and hopefully don't revisit it too often other than maybe motivation and, and maybe some experience on, what you know, okay, so how did we get there in the first place, right? Because yeah. it's a pretty good accomplishment for the Knights or anybody that gets there, just like Tampa and Colorado. One of them's going to go away disappointed, but, you know, they've done a lot of heavy lifting to get there. Uh, but there's so many great memories. Uh, and, and to me, it's a little bit like Tahoe. I think you guys were there, I think, the same time. Um, those are great hockey memories. It's, it's an outdoor form. It's completely different. Um, 
for Boston, it was beating the Montreal Can Canadiens continuously. Love it. You know, like that's our biggest rival. So those are ones I remember. So there's a lot of those. We had an outdoor in uh, Notre Dame, played the Hawks, yeah. you know, two original six franchises. So there's some special games along the way um, that you're going to remember. Um Milestones, I don't. Uh, it's more the location and sort of the whole big picture of it. Um, and, and, you know, and that's what we're going to do here in Vegas, create some of those great memories and, and hopefully finish the job. But some good ones along the way. And, and to me, it's the interaction. Some of the guys you coach that end up out of the game and coaching and are reaching out to you. You know, you're both old, but, you know, your, your opinion's valued as well. So it's kind of a, you know, a double-edged sword. But uh, I, I find that's... You know, that's kind of cool too for, you know, I know it's not the best word, but it's it's yeah. cool to see guys reach out after you've coached them because you never really know how players are going to react and not everyone's happy with your style or, or how it how it played out, but it is it is uh, uh, rewarding uh, yeah. to, to, to sort of reconnect with, with players you've, you've uh, you know, had the pleasure of working with. I, I wanted, well, Dave will probably ask because he's a big Patriots fan, <laughs> and, but we know uh, you had a relationship with Bill Belichick. And, you know, he kind of wished you best uh, the other day. And uh, just what was that like? What do you take away from somebody like that who's won so many times? Great guy. Um, much different than the, the persona in front of the media. Um, in turn, when I've talked to him, it's been just not not so much about the Bruins or the Patriots. It's about sports. It's about strategizing, getting teams ready, preparation, just the back and forth of that. He, he you know, he, Bill's a guy that just loves a team that competes and and is gritty. Um, and and uh, you know, he, he respected that out of the Bruins. And um, you know, quick story, I. I in the 19 uh, playoffs, we had 10 days between rounds. So someone said, well, you should reach out to Bill because in the, in the Super Bowl, they have that two-week yeah. layoff. Maybe have some. Anyway, long story short, I text him in the morning, ready to go to bed at night. It's 10 o'clock. I don't hear back from him. I'm like, okay, he's busy. And all of a sudden, the phone rings, and I go to look at it, and it's like, that's Bill Belichick, you know. So now I got to take this. And we talked for about 45 minutes. He was doing his OTAs, so he's so apologetic about and, – and I thought it was one of the great – you know, just yeah, a cool. great experience for me, a guy that's, you know, revered in, in, in New England and, and uh, you know, just a winner. Um, and, and we've kind of carried it on. The family went to training camp connect every once in a while he's a busy guy but uh we always find uh time to sort of chat and uh and th those are those are great things too yeah. in the coaching profession um you know and and you know hopefully we can connect with people here in vegas as well like the you know brad stevens was great for the celtics they're in game six alex cora and the red Sox. uh you know i think they had a good fraternity there um you know of coaches and and uh, I enjoyed that because you can always learn a little something. But not only that, you're you're making friends along the way. It always seemed with Belichick, Bruce, just from the outside looking in, it was always about the team, right? You know, oh, he had always. star players yeah. and, you know, Brady at the top of that list. But it was all within the confines of team toughness and team success over the years. Yeah, and, and you, you always put the team first. And, yeah. and that's how he coached you. Listen, I didn't follow them, like, to, to know every player, but – You'd read after all, you know, this running back had two touchdowns in Buffalo last week. Now you're playing the Jets and he gets three carries, you know, but yeah. he thought that maybe a different running back had a different skill set. So fantasy football is tough if, you know, if you have <laughs> Patriots that, that much. I know other than Brady, you know, he's going to, but, um, but that's how he was and he didn't care. It was about the team, you know, and if the team didn't win, 
was on him, uh, get him better prepared. On to Cincinnati, as everyone knows, uh, the famous line. I thought that was awesome. And um, like I said, he's 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 really done well. Last one I had for you, Bruce, is um, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but from afar, what did you make of for the last five years? What the hell's gone on here in Vegas? And now does it is it a little bit surreal that you're a part of it? Yeah, I mean, the first time here. Um, you know, you're out watching the show. I mean, because the pregame, you know, I mean, everyone, I mean, how can you not, right? So, so that's the first thing you notice and the energy of the crowd. Um, and, and then all of a sudden they're a good team. Uh, and I think the first year, you know, we're flying back and every, you know, our owners, or not our owner, excuse me, our, G, you know, our GM, like, we lost to Vegas. What the hell's the matter with you guys? And I'm like, I, I thought they played well. They had, you know, they were good. You know, we weren't great, but you know, and I think there's a lot of team. No disrespect, we're saying that because they're an expansion team. All of a sudden, they're like eight and one or whatever, and 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 teams are like, listen, these guys are good, so you better be ready. And and off they went, and it was just a magical year. So, um, you know, and you know, that's it for me when I think of Vegas yeah. is up and running right away. Um, and I want to be a part of that. So, uh, and everything's been first class since I. Um, I haven't been here long. I just got here, but uh, so far so good. And and now it's you know we got to get it done on the ice. Obviously, that's the. But you know just you know just a very positive energy and and uh, you know like I said, everyone I've talked to so far, it's been great, really good. Well, I want to apologize ahead of time. You probably thought seeing Shane and I was a thing of the past. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to work <laughs> with us. Every job has its drawbacks. It was my second question. <laughs> are those two knuckleheads still out there? <laughs> Evidently, they are. But uh, congratulations, Bruce. This is, uh, yes. you know, Shane and I, it was just, we, when we saw this happen, this new, we're like, you, you just can't, yeah. you know, my time, your time in Boston, my time in Boston, you're, like, you can't make this stuff up. So congratulations. We think you'll really, uh, you'll, you'll love it out here. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, good to see you guys again. Uh, you guys do a great job and uh, let's make a connection and, and uh, have a good year. Huh? Yeah. yeah that bet. sounds like a good plan. Have yeah. a good year. Yeah, make our sure. job easier. Yeah. yeah. When, when, when we're, they're we're in, and winning. We're here for the wins. Yeah. <laughs> Without the pressure. Oh my, fellas. Yeah. Oh my. We win it together. That is Bruce Cassidy, new head coach of your Vegas Golden Knights, special edition of the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.